0: Everybody, before we get into today's episode, I want to thank one of our sponsors, and that is Pinehurst Resorts, Pinehurst, North Carolina. For over 125 years, Pinehurst Resort has been the home of American golf, and yet there's never been a better time to be there. The championship legacy of Donald Ross's masterpiece, Pinehurst Number no. 2, endures as the U.S. Open's first anchor site, with five U.S. Opens scheduled to return over the next two decades— Add to that Gil Hans's redesigned Pinehurst number four or number six, home of the first US adaptive open. And those are just three of nine championship golf courses to experience at Pinehurst. After testing your game there, grab a few wedges, enjoy a loop on the cradle, the 789-yard short course that's been hailed as the most fun 10 acres in golf. And off the course, indulge in an array of craft beers brewed on-site at Pinehurst Brewing Company or relax with buddies in the stylish North and South bar. Pinehurst continues to evolve, making it much more than a bucket list destination, but a place to return to again and again. Go to pinehurst.com right now to plan your visit. That's pinehurst.com to plan your visit. Thank them very much for sponsoring the Trap Draw. And now into today's episode. (laughs) that right on my waistline is why i kept that strap i remember nights i didn't remember nights i damn near went crazy i had to get it right now i'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper hey now i'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper the absolute truth yeah no joke Who, me? I from the ladies and gentlemen welcome to the trap draw podcast my name is randy i am joined by Tron Carter, Mr. T.C. T.C., happy 420. I know this is a big day for you. How are you?
1: Good. I, I didn't even know it was 420. Uh, you're, you're out in Denver.
0: You tell me. <laughs> it's, it's festive out here, to say the least. Uh, I, actually, I haven't noticed much, but I'm, I'm sure people will be partaking later. feel like it's been a minute since, uh, since you and I have talked. We've been, we've been all over the world, but good to just have a chop session today. Good old fashioned
1: Randy and TC breakdown, uh, you know, current events, breaking news, uh, all sorts of random miscellany, all that. So how was your Scotland trip?
0: I had a great time in Scotland. I thought it was a wonderful trip, battled through some fatigue. You know, those late nights with the podcast into a lot of golf was was tough, but we made it through it. it. It's just, you know, it's great to get over there. Uh, St. Andrews is sweet. It was awesome being in St. Andrews for that amount of time yeah, and being able to explore the city a bit more and, and see more of it. Explore the space.
1: We can get deeper into it uh, as we get into the pod here as well.
0: Yeah, we got some news of the day. What do we have? Maybe four or five stories. We got some odds and ends. Um, we can talk Scotland then. We'll just, you know, we'll, we'll go a lot of different places today. This will be a fun one. So let's let's start with news of the day, TC. I think this is the, the biggest news story that I've seen in quite some time. You brought this to my attention, and I can't thank you enough. A Northern Kentucky man has received $450,000 after the company he worked for celebrated his birthday when he expressly requested that they did not. What do we think about this? Are you a birthday guy, first of all?
1: I'm not a birthday guy, first and foremost, so I, I certainly sympathize with this guy. I do think the uh, what's the is it it's punitive and what's the other sort of damage?
0: Uh, uh, punitive and whatever, like making up for I think lost wages. I I don't yeah. know what that's called.
1: Yeah, this seems a little bit over the top this is from Kevin uh, Kevin Burling, the office manager from Gravity Diagnostics in Covington, Kentucky. Right across the river from uh, your hometown of Chicago or of Cincinnati. Um, you know, it sounded like he had a panic attack. His, his supervisor chastised him for stealing his coworker's joy and being a little girl. Uh, he had another panic attack so severe that his, he closed his eyes, clenched his fist and turned red. This unnerved his colleagues. They felt threatened and the company fired him.
0: I, I want to be very clear. I'm not laughing at the panic attack. I'm laughing at the idea of a of a boss or supervisor using, you know, the phrase, you know, being a little girl in this day and age as, as an insult. Jeez.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that feels kind of like, all right, like maybe, you know what, like good on the company for losing the lawsuit just so they can get, you know, kind of dragged through the mud here. Uh, it does seem like he's, he's maybe a little bit of a, a snowflake, if you will. Um, you know, but I, reading through it, I guess there was all sorts of all sorts of uh, you know bad memories from when he was growing up. His parents divorced. All this stuff, you know, kind of some some unresolved or or uh, you know lingering threads from the past.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I guess what really prompted all this was. They, f- they fired this guy like the day after because when he had the, the second panic attack talking to his, his boss, you know, he became really red, clenched his fists. And I guess they thought he was like going to hit somebody. And so they thought he was a security threat. They fired him like that day. And it's a wrongful termination. So two-day trial only took the jury 90 minutes of deliberation and the guy this Kevin Burling awarded 450,000 in damages including 300 for emotional distress and 150,000 in lost wages. So good on good on him uh bad on the company but I think more than anything a massive massive victory for all of us who do not like celebrating our birthdays in public spaces. So
1: Yeah, I- Randy, you get pissed even when we wish you a happy birthday at all. <laughs> <laughs> so don't well, I, don't get
0: any ideas here I was gonna say file this one away I, I, I I'm gonna officially officially request that you guys not celebrate my birthday this year I, I dare you to wish me happy birthday
1: <laughs> uh next up I know this one you know likewise this one's near and dear to your heart uh info wars mm. the Alex Jones uh, company declared for bank declared bankruptcy in Texas similar to the uh, Purdue Pharma Boy Scouts of America. You know, similar to what they're doing.
0: Just all the all the heavyweights. Um, (laughs) Yeah, right
1: right out of that playbook.
0: Yeah, I guess it's chapter eleven, which I am obviously no legal expert, but sounds like chapter eleven kind of helps them protect against these uh, lawsuit payouts in a way. Um, I gotta think, gotta think. Jones and and uh, and his cronies are looking at sizable um what would be the right word I guess damages that they need to pay to, to the Sandy Hook families I know they they are still waiting on that in Connecticut there's a trial in Texas which I think hasn't been resolved with damages yet so AJ getting out ahead of this filing for bankruptcy um we'll, we'll see how this plays out but TC I hope it doesn't disrupt your your consumption of infowars too much i I think that's the big takeaway here
1: yeah no certainly uh. You know, I don't know what's going to happen to the YouTube channel, but, uh, you know, certainly we can all we can do is hope at this point. Although I got to say something. I was in the, the Edinburgh airport, had a couple hours to kill, went into uh, one of the pubs in the airport owned by Weatherspoons, um, which I guess they own a bunch of pubs, uh, hotels, restaurants all over the UK. Uh, they had a, this massive, this big magazine in the front. DJ actually saw it yesterday. He sent us, sent us a note about it this morning. <laughs> Um, basically correcting wrongs, uh, writing wrongs that, uh, they were, um, they were accused of not paying, you know, I guess not paying the wages of their employees during COVID and then, you know, it was picked up by all these, you know, the the, the Times, London, like just all these different publications in the UK, uh, different news channels, all that. They got retractions, apologies, all sorts of stuff from all these. Uh, now, it seems, you know, and, and then so the the headline on the front of this thing is like, does the truth still matter? And, uh, <laughs> you know, evidently it does if you pick up one of these magazines and you're in one of their pubs, which was packed. It was the, the place to be in EDI.
0: So, so the company commissioned this this standalone magazine, essentially putting like correcting the record. Is that is that what it is?
1: Yeah, basically. So, Weatherspoon News is the publication special edition. Uh, does truth matter? Many untrue statements were made about Weatherspoon during the pandemic. Weatherspoon News, which you know, I'm assuming is just some internal comms from their you know PR team, uh, sets the record straight. We publish apologies and or corrections from. Daily Express, Daily Mail, Daily Mirror, Daily Star, Sky News, Daily Telegraph, The Guardian, The Independent, The Times, Forbes, among others, and then just flipping through it, there was all sorts of, uh, you know, all sorts of retractions and uh, just, just you know, absolutely, uh, you know, like like personal texts between them and the Financial Times God, journalists. All this crazy shit is spectacular. God, I so wish I may, I may I may start doing the same thing myself, Randy
0: that that you need to do i would love that just just getting asses publicly uh i wish i wish we would have known about this publication when we went around the old course with a guy who works for the daily mail would have loved his opinion on uh on what weatherspoons is up to
1: exactly exactly uh next up on the
0: uh on the agenda daddy d TC, this is where, yeah, you're going to have to help me with this. We got a a daddy D versus big D battle going in Florida. Uh, Of course, Ron, 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 your boy, Ron, Ron Ron. versus, uh, versus Disney. It's going down. What's, what's going on down there? What's the word on the street?
1: I've kind of tuned out. Uh, You know, there's, there's all sorts of other shit that, that needs to happen down here. Um, you know we, we had an apartment building or the condo building that collapsed down in South Florida. They still haven't, you know, done any sort of uh, legislation around that and around you know, making that stuff like there's there's all sorts of stuff that they should be uh kind of you know spending their time on. I don't know if the whole don't say gay thing and the the Disney stuff. And I guess he's 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 trying to get in Twitter's ass now too about uh you know basically precluding Musk from potentially buying twitter which that's a whole thing in and of itself mm-hmm. uh you know daddy d is just all about free speech baby
0: <laughs> daddy d is about free speech and you know the republicans are about uh, you know they're they're the party of of business you know this is a clear example what I, so i had no idea disney had this setup where i guess it's so i was looking into this the reedy creek improvement act which is like 55 years old uh, it, I'm I'm reading here a unique Florida law that helped establish Walt Disney world in the state by giving the brains behind Mickey mouse operational autonomy. I, I had no idea that they essentially control like, like they're their own, really they're their own kingdom. They're, they're their own little fiefdom there. They, they do the roads and they collect the garbage and they, they, they operate everything.
1: I had no idea either. And anything that, that, you know, gets rid of their little fiefdom down there, their, their kingdom. I'm all for, uh, you know, I know it's, it's rooted in, you know, all sorts of, uh, you know, anti LGBTQ stuff on, you know, that, that's kind of the genesis of this, but I, I, I hate Orlando. I hate Disney take them all down.
0: It, it is fascinating. So <laughs> I, I, people can probably guess where I maybe shake out on a fundamental level, but it is fascinating to see how the dominoes will fall here because Disney is a huge presence in the state. Even sunsetting this, this Reedy Creek improvement act I've been reading, it's going to shift such a tax burden onto the residents in and around where Disney is like, I'm this is like, are we sure people have like really thought through the ramifications on this? listen, i'm I'm just now wrapping my
1: head around the ramifications. <laughs> for Randy. Uh, I, I, it's just funny to me that like this whole thing is free speech, this free speech, that, and this all goes back to like a bill. like the whole genesis of this beef is, is a bill that's that's basically telling telling corporations and and private citizens what they can and can't say.
0: It's beautiful. Right? Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> the uh,
1: irony is insane. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I will say I'm with you in in theory too. Like the the tax abatements and all these special things that big business get, I'm generally very against all that stuff. So uh, a, a part of me would like Disney to to operate like the rest of the businesses in America. So we'll be keeping our eye on the on the, the Daddy D versus Big D fight going on. Also, down there.
1: Daddy D's been going hard at the NCAA, too, which I know that has to make you I know. super conflicted.
0: <laughs> well, it's like, you know, sometimes sometimes you, you find yourself with strange bedfellows. I I love them getting in the NCAA's ass. So let me be very clear. Some of these big companies absolutely should be the target of certain actions and legislation, you know, big tech, all that stuff like there is I have a big appetite for a lot of that stuff. Um, I, I part ways a lot of times with why and and how uh, Daddy D specifically is going about it. But yeah, we'll we'll see. Get any get any more reports on 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 the uh, the Florida goings on from UTC in, in the coming yeah. weeks and months. I will, and I need you
1: know we'll get the airports here in a sec. But I was reading some some stuff from your boy Stoller. Uh, about how the last two transportation secretaries i've gotten deep into the you know antitrust stuff on the on the airline industry because that's pretty much like the only way that they're profitable these days is just by shrinking the industry colluding taking away capacity all that but i guess uh uh what's cocaine mitch's wife's name elaine chow
0: yeah i believe that's right
1: and then uh so she only had you know a handful of of I forget what you call them, but basically like wrist slaps or fines for the airlines for, you know, and and some of this is like Obama era stuff where the airlines, if like the three hour tarmac rule, where like that backfired, they started just canceling a bunch of flights instead of trying to get them out. Because like every time you, you have the three hours on a tarmac, If you go beyond that, I think the airline gets fined like a couple hundred thousand dollars per instance. Um, So it's kind of, it kind of created this like perverse incentive to actually just cancel the flights instead of trying to get them off. But instead of like enforcing stuff, Lynn Chow just like stopped doing anything. And your boy Mayor Pete's doing the exact same thing on the other side of the aisle.
0: Listen, not my Uh, boy, not my boy. (laughs) Mayor, Mayor Pete, oh God, get him out of here. Yeah, So there, you know, and then I guess like, and and
1: that leads into all the, I guess, Frontier and Spirit are trying to merge or Frontier is trying to buy Spirit or Spirit's trying to buy Frontier and how now JetBlue is trying to, you know, insert itself into it and buy Spirit themselves, which actually seems like, I don't know. I just, I don't know how that would work with JetBlue from a cultural or or kind of brand perspective, Um, but like more consolidation, I don't think is the answer for no, the airline industry no
0: no god please no uh so, but
1: it sounds like they're gonna you know like overall it, it seems like they've they've gotten a little bit more averse to some of the anti-competitive stuff in the current
0: administration but it seems like this thing's gonna you and know
1: the, and that's and, where and I, like one way or another it's like they're gonna let it consolidate which is crazy
0: well and that's where you know talking to stoler like that that's where i think you could find on both sides of the political spectrum, people that would, would be willing to fight for going after some of these practices in the airlines. And, and really, it's happening in pretty much every industry, right? There's just this consolidation. I It, it amazes me that we haven't found uh, a, a plurality that yeah. really wants to make that a fight, because I, I think it'd be very popular in the public sphere, too, Um anyway tc tell me about this cargo ship in oh, the chesapeake
1: well it's been there for a while like
0: a month honestly uh, i kind of
1: forgotten about it and it was the same company uh it, it was called ever forward uh so you know same company as the ever given uh which i believe ever grand is the name of the company uh, not to be confused with the chinese ever grand uh um you know property company that's currently near or in default of their bonds over in china
0: well and and this is the the ever the ever this is the event forward yeah had the ever the one of the suez carbo, cargo cargo ship that was stuck in the suez okay okay yeah
1: yeah um but anyway uh they finally refloated it on sunday it, it, you know just like how this stuff happens i guess it's you know it's still human beings
0: piloting these things right it's
1: still uh
0: (laughs) human hair right that's what it sounds like well it sounds like they weren't like the defined cargo shipping channel or something which nobody quite knows why the ship wasn't in the the designated like lane but yeah besides that it sounds like it was just like ah man tough luck
1: (laughs) randy you know what i want to do sometime i want to go on um like i just want to like go on a freighter just like do a transatlantic or trans-Pacific crossing on a freighter. That'd be, that would that's be a lot of fun. I, I think well, we had a neighbor. Right
0: That'd be interesting.
1: I feel like we had a neighbor or somebody growing up that they would do that. They would basically like travel around the world on uh, freighters or tankers or cargo ships and just go from like port to port and you could get, you know, it was like direct ways. And it was just like a cool way to kind of get away from the world. I mean, buy? I would imagine it'd be pretty Spartan as far as the uh, I was going to say, you just
0: buying, like, a little room with a bed, I, I'm Yeah, and, I,
1: and you know what? I'm not sure if they'd do it anymore with piracy and all this shit, you know, security. Now that would, stuff be, that would
0: make the trip fun. <laughs> you were talking about get the juices flowing. Yeah.
1: Um, and then, you know, I think lastly in the current events, we just got to give another tip of the cap to uh, Lo Kimmy <laughs> over in North Korea. So oh. I, he uh, Cody sent us something this morning. He demolished some sort of golf resort that was in the DMZ. Yeah, I think uh, it was
0: that course where you could like play between North and South, right? In that, or there was like a yeah. hole that was like adjacent yeah. to North Korea or something.
1: So he got that, and then that video that he he produced. Uh, you know, I'm sure he was the executive producer on it and, and star of it. Uh, where they 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 fired off that missile. And it was like a, yeah. it was almost like a Top Gun style you know, walking across the tarmac. Uh, he was absolutely flossing, just stunting on everybody.
0: It's really great. You know, you think back, when was it when we were all worried that little Kimmy was dead? And now he yeah. seems to be once again, living his best life. So probably a year ago, a year and a half ago. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I mean, I, I,
1: like he just seems downright, you know, I know he's, I know there's millions of people that have died of starvation and, and, Like very bleak shit in North Korea, but in the larger context of like everything going on in the world, he kind of seems like a quaint, like, like kind of like how we, how we like our, our villains or, or, you know, enemies to feel just kind of quaint. You can put him in a neat box. He's clearly, he's clearly a lunatic, but like he's, he's, he's got these, these weird idiosyncrasies and this whole persona tied to it.
0: Yeah. And now is dude, if he's getting into the content game like this, sign me up because I will take more videos like that. If anybody hasn't seen it, just, you know, Google, like, I, I don't know, little Kimmy might not get you, but North Korea, North Korea missile test launch uh video or something. And should, should get you there. Um, I see China's massively locked down again. I, I feel like maybe that we file away and, fluid situation we'll keep our eye on yeah i guess
1: they're making people sleep at work now they're trying to reopen down in shanghai we were just on a call with you know one of our suppliers um it's in a holding pattern randy yeah the choke the choke points are are they're choked we're gonna we're we're gonna keep watching
0: them okay all right Sorry to interrupt the episode. Randy here, jumping again to thank another of our sponsors, and that is Gooder. This episode is brought to you by Gooder. Gooder makes $25 active sunglasses for anyone. They're polarized golf sunglasses that are lightweight, comfortable, don't move when you swing. And again, I mentioned starting at just $25 look great on and off the course he's come with golf specific lenses meaning hd contrast and performance without the hefty price tag they're also 100 uv protective and 100 polarized their frames are snug and lightweight with a comfortable fit to prevent bouncing whether you're playing 18 heading out for a run or joining friends for some beers They offer free U.S. standard shipping on all orders over $50. There's a 30-day free return policy, and they come with a one-year warranty. I don't know what else you could possibly want. And I will say they're not just golf sunglasses. They have all different types for whatever the occasion. Get a couple pair. You can leave one in your golf bag, one in your car. You'll have sunglasses wherever you need them. Right now, listeners, you can use code TRAPDRAW for 15% off your entire order at Gooder.com. Try them out. Treat yourself to a pair or two. Go to Gooder.com. That's G-O-O-D-R.com. Get 15% off your entire order when you use code trapdraw at checkout. Look good. Golf Gooder. Thank them for sponsoring the trapdraw. And now back to the episode. All right, well, let's hit some odds and ends. Uh, I see first item, NBA playoffs. Have you watched any yet? You know what? I haven't. Unfortunately,
1: I saw I saw a little bit of the Celtics game the other night, the buzzer beater. But other than that, I've kind of been tuned out just because we were in Scotland. Like what's what's going on?
0: Well, f- quick question. Who are you rooting for in that Boston Brooklyn series? I know that's a tough one. You used <laughs> to live in Boston. KD and Kyrie are your boys. That's that's got to yeah. be house divided stuff there.
1: Yeah, especially with you know my guy Ben Ben Simmons potentially coming back as well, just huge. Uh, no, I mean Boston, obviously. I like I'm a big big Brad Stevens guy,
0: so. Um, yeah, the playoffs. I Memphis is absolutely just the the city, um, that the culture. That place is getting down right now. They they actually lost the first game to the T Wolves, but had a resounding victory last night. And that arena was just going off. That that, that team is very fun. Jaw is so exciting to watch, so talented. Um, I, there was I would, a big
1: article about their their owner in the in, in on ESPN a couple weeks ago, uh, Robert Para, uh, and how you know he's like become one of the richest owners. But when he first bought the team, it was very, uh, you know, he was kind of in a state of flux with his finances, and uh, he does like kind of like second third world wi-fi stuff so he's like a like a telecom guy but for kind of developing countries and uh but yeah i guess he's like very stays in the background does not seek out a whole lot of attention trusts his people to like put the put the plan in place and follow through on it and like doesn't meddle which i guess it's kind of showing and now now that it's time to to uh you know start extending these guys and really you know really putting his money where his Mouth is he is like is you know they're gonna like keep this this long term nucleus together. So it's, always love seeing the small market clubs
0: exactly you know, succeed. That that team means so much to the city. That's that's an awesome story. I think we have to ask DC: is is Luca is he hurt or is he injured? He hasn't played in the first two games against the Jazz. He's got a calf strain. No one's quite sure if he'll be back for the series or or how many games he'll miss. I hate seeing that.
1: But does he lack the most important ability?
0: That's that's what we have to, I think that's a fair question right now.
1: We'll we'll have to back channel with Sturm a little bit on that one. Um, You know, the last thing I want is to see my jazz get crowned, Um, but it seems like they're kind of heating up at the right time as well. Late season here. Will Uh, you
0: apologize if the jazz lose to a Luca lists Mavs team?
1: Absolutely. I will formally apologize. Okay. uh, you know, I'll I'll try to I'll try to back channel with Qualtrics Ryan to uh, have him formally <laughs> apologize as well. Perfect. So, uh, the your 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 Nugs they're getting their asses kicked. Huh? I know,
0: I know. The Nugs are just it sucks that Mur, uh, Jamal Murray got hurt last year tore his ACL and you know isn't really himself right now. But I, I will say too that Warriors team. I know people are kind of got over Steph and in his whole deal. But what they're doing this year, Jordan Poole is making a leap into a hell of a player. That that Warriors team is is really fun to watch. I it's
1: like there's some small ball lineups, right?
0: Yeah. They got they got like a new lineup of death with Poole and Curry and um, Clay and Wiggins. And, you know, then they can go like Draymond or Kayvon Looney, someone like that. But I, I'm just really impressed with how they play, how they've been able to bounce back with the injuries and losing KD. And now, like, they're back at having a legit shot to win the title. I'm excited to watch them play. I hope they play Phoenix. Phoenix has been good all season long. I know your boy CP in the playoffs is always a concern, but I, I think Warriors sons in the Western Conference Finals would be awesome. And then in the East, we, I, I don't know. I, you know, this Boston Brooklyn winner, Philly is going to be to be contended with. Um, Milwaukee, obviously, the the East is going to be a dogfight, so
1: I don't, I wouldn't sleep on the heat. Yeah, they're the one
0: seat. Good call.
1: Uh, you know, I mean, the Hawks look to be the Hawks need to break it up. I'm not a Trey Young guy at all. They need to trade his ass. Uh, (laughs) I just don't, I don't know, I just don't see it being like a championship caliber team. I think it was, I don't know, I just, and then it sounds like the the, the, uh, Pelicans have gotten kind of plucky. Pel- Knocked the off Pelicans. the Suns last night, huh?
0: Yeah, the Pelicans are very plucky. Played their way in. Uh, we're the 10 seed, won two games. Knocked off the Suns last night. We'll see. It's going back to New Orleans. If they win one in New Orleans, we got we got a bona fide series on our hands. So that, that game three will be will be nice. Zion's the story for me, man. You got to figure out what's going on with him. He's not playing. Uh, the Pelicans are doing this without him. I, he, he might be the forgotten man. Is he a malcontent or is he just well it seems like it could go that way? I don't think I don't think it's fair to label him a malcontent right now, but I think we could be heading that way potentially. Who was who was shitting all over him? Uh, JJ Reddick. Oh, I don't know. I I don't I, I mean he was taking a lot of heat because I think at one point he had insinuated he like wanted a trade out in New Orleans, and people were like, dude, like how about you like play some games first? Uh yeah. so he, he was catching heat. We'll see. If he comes back next year healthy, that Pelicans team is going to be a lot of fun. But who's your pick to win it all? Um I don't know, but I'll go with the Warriors. I I Wow. I know. I I want to say the Suns, but Booker tweaked his hammy last night and there's just that Chris Paul playoff monkey's got to get off his back. The East is strong though. God, I forgot about Miami. Yeah, I have no idea, TC. I think once we get through this first round, starting in the second round going forward, it's gonna be, it's it's gonna be a dynamite playoffs.
1: And and the play in the play in tournament was was a success by all accounts.
0: I think so. I think it's good. Um, I you know we were in Scotland, so I didn't watch the games, but I I I like it. I'm not against it at least. Um, yeah. I was kind of bummed Cleveland faded. They they had a really nice season. Uh, they lost in the in the play-in tournament in the East, but yeah, I I I like it. Okay, okay. We got the uh, we, we got the NFL draft coming up. Oh, I, I I'm know so you're, deep in it. I was gonna say I know you're grinding.
1: Can't come soon enough, Randy. I I can't I can't keep up this level of of focus. On it for for more than a, you know another week and a half. You were you were,
0: uh, you were texting Pooch and I earlier today. You've you've uncovered some dynamite mid to late round receivers out of some small schools.
1: You know I like my receivers tall. I like I like units. I like you know six yeah. two six three six four dudes. They can also move big catch uh, radius. Big catch radius. Big uh, you know but but also quick uh, and guys that you know aren't afraid to block like that dude George Pickens from from Georgia. Who just destroys people. And then also, like, he'd be a perfect fit for the Bills. I'm hoping the Jags take a flyer on him. Um, you know, I just, there's just so many. And then, you know, now all the receivers in, you know, all the veteran receivers want to get paid now. I guess Debo's demanding a trade all of a sudden, oh, breaking across the wire. Speaking of potential
0: speak. malcontent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and then you've, you've got uh, DK Metcalf. Uh, you got AJ Brown looking for an extension. I guess everybody, you know, Christian Kirk reset the market.
0: He he he, he did more than reset the market. It Sounds like he absolutely like torpedoed the market. You're jacked. Everybody yeah, everybody
1: was like, this guy's mediocre.
0: Mediocre is yeah. as, as all get out. And now all these these actual stud receivers are going to be. You know, of course they want to get paid. Who could blame them? Yeah. Uh, where do you think
1: the Bengals go with the, with the, the 31st pick?
0: Uh, so I've been seeing some mocks. They have so many groceries on the offensive line now. Like do they need any more groceries on the well, offensive line. The, the, the one name I hear that the center from Iowa, who is it? Like Lind- Linderbaum. Yeah. People would love to grab him if he's there at 31. Yeah. Um, there's I've seen, that. I've
1: seen the linebacker as well. Devin Lloyd or, or, uh, you know, kind of bolster the defense a little bit
0: they might go cornerback honestly um which god they went like four straight years drafting <laughs> yeah. corner in the first round and all of them were terrible they sucked uh, yeah uh there's a kid out of florida uh um, kair elam yeah he's he's been bandied about he's, if he's, he's there
1: toolsy. he's
0: toolsy randy exactly and then very, uh, very
1: very inconsistent though
0: and then an andrew booth from Tennessee, I, he might be yeah. like a defensive lineman, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I haven't. I haven't gotten deep in it. I kind of hope they take receiver at thirty-one. I'm. I'm addicted to receivers. TC.
1: It's. It's so frustrating because this is the year that, you know, it's kind of like. What was that? Twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen when, like, Luke Jokel went first, and then, uh, I don't know the Jags drafted somebody super shitty on the on on, on the O line as well. But like, there's no obvious number one pick. The quarterback class is weak, uh, yeah. but the receiver class is deep. Receivers and corners seem to be overflowing. There's some good safety prospects. Uh,
0: well, and I misspoke. This shows you how deep I am. That Andrew Booth guy, he's from Clemson, not Clemson. Tennessee. And he's a cornerback, not a defensive oh, lineman. So, you know,
1: orange, orange, right? Orange.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think there's, you know, if you want a second or third round, there's a kid from Lenore Ryan, kid from Northern Iowa. There's a kid from North Dakota state or North Dakota. Uh, just, there's just bomb threats galore. This, this, this sky Moore guy from Purdue. He's a little bit too, too little and nebbish for me.
0: Yeah. Um, You don't like your wide receivers nebbish.
1: No, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like they're, they're like one trick ponies when that happens. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm super curious to see what, what the Falcons do. You know, they've got needs galore Mm and, uh, you know, who's going to draft like somebody's going to go early on Malik Willis. I think somebody's going to kind of yes trade up or the Panthers need to just go ahead and fire rule. Uh, that's just an embarrassment I, that, that if they, if they haven't, him yeah, around.
0: I, I can't, they're not going to, if
1: they it's haven't crazy. already, it's crazy. So anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I, we're going to do a pod with uh, Kevin Clark from the ringer in the next, next week or so, just to nice. preview the NFL draft. Uh, there and then, kind of just off-season recap as well, because I think that's that's the most interesting thing is like watching what the Raiders have done or the Dolphins have done or you know some of those remakes or like I love what the Chargers have done, kind of yep. battening down the hatches on on, on the D line. So
0: this is this uh, is the year uh, Herbert. Speaking of San Diego, he, he needs to shit or get off the toilet this year. It's it's. He's saying he's a little fluffy. Is a little fluffy? Yes, that's exactly right. A little fluffy mm. for my liking, okay. Okay, so we'll see, we'll see.
1: Uh, god, all right, I want to get you going. Tell me what's <laughs> going on in baseball,
0: uh, particularly.
1: Well, first, b- before we get to Cincinnati, your Rockies uh, seem to be the, the biggest surprise of the season. So, they're, far.
0: they're the toast of the town. The, the Rocks <laughs> are playing great baseball. Uh, I don't think after some just- puzzling.
1: Puzzling offseason. Exactly. Right?
0: I don't think it's a su- sustainable at all. Uh, but it's it's fun while it's going on. I. It's always fun to live in a in a city where you know there's a good baseball team in the summer. It, it makes the summer months more fun. So we'll see. The Reds are actually coming to town at the end of April next weekend. Nice. So I'm going to go down for the first time, catch some games. Uh, but yeah, TC, since tough, tough, tough times in Cincinnati. Yeah, your uh, boy
1: Phil. Phil Castellini stepping yeah. in some hot water.
0: Can can I lay it out for you, please? Oh my God, this is this is gonna get guy just gets my blood boiling. Uh, all right, so <laughs> let's go back to the off season. You know, the Reds the Reds won eighty three games last year. Had they had a bit better bullpen, I, I think they would have been a playoff team. But you know, lot lot of bright spots on the team. Wasn't
1: that kind of an all in year for him as well? It was like, hey, we're we're spending some money, we're pushing chips in. Oh, yeah,
0: okay. it was like two years in the making. They had, they had, they had really made a couple splashes in free agency prior to the 2020 season. Of course, then COVID, you know, made that way shorter. Uh, but they had signed Castellanos. They had signed uh, Mike Mustakis. They had. They had brought in Wade Miley. They were doing things, which was fun. It was like, oh, my God, the Reds are they are trying. They're, they're, relevant. Yeah, they're relevant. Yeah, they're relevant. They're legitimately a contender in the NL Central, which is, like, as a huge Reds fans, it's like, awesome. So this offseason, coming out of the lockout, oh, they had already released Wade Miley, had given him great innings last year, threw a no-hitter last year just a, a great clubhouse guy. They, they straight up released him uh, because he had a team option. Like They didn't even pick it up and try to trade him. Just straight up release. so that sucked. Tucker Barnhart, gold glove catcher, they traded him for essentially a bag of baseballs. And then coming out of the lockout, they they trade Sonny Gray conceivably their, their number two starter, so it's like, okay, well, that's, <laughs> that's not great. And then the well, I should say during this time, Nick Castellanos opts out of his contract, which everybody knew he was going to, but wanted wanted to stay at Cincinnati, ends up signing a five-year, hundred million dollar deal in Philadelphia. Uh Boris actually just leaked that. Like, he called the Reds and was like, Hey, before we do anything, we want to know where you stand. Like, Nick really loves Cincinnati, would love to come back if you know if you guys can make this work. And the Reds were like, Nah, we're good. Thanks. Loves Tom Brenneman too. Yeah. So, so we lose the, we we lose, you know, one all star. And then they trade Jesse Winker, another all star. They package him with a Eugenio Suarez. They trade him to Seattle again for prospects. And it's just like, are
1: they they good prospects? Are these like guys that are coming up in the next two or three years? Are these like, you know, low A, high, you know, high upside, but lottery ticket arms?
0: They got one pitcher from Seattle that, should arrive in the next couple of years who is a good prospect, but you just never know what pitching prospects. The guy they got from Minnesota is an 18 year old, like 50, 50 if he ever throws in a single inning in in the majors. Um, and so people are pissed. They're like, you know, you, you've won Winker and Suarez are fan favorites. Castellanos was, was an immediate fan favorite and people are like, what, what's going on? So, the Reds opened on the road because of the lockout. Who's the GM by the way? Nick Crawl. Uh we'll get to Nick, but the Reds opened in, <laughs> in Atlanta because they Dick Nick. Because of the lockout, you know. So so they play four games in Atlanta, they split down there. Actually, Which that, nice so, split.
1: so that chapter S in and of itself that, that they didn't open at home. Well, of like course. opening day in Cincinnati is the thing, right?
0: Of course, of course. But I understand because of the lockout the the schedule is is mixed up but yes yeah, so that that sucks so they come home to cincinnati they do the opening day parade like it's 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 a local holiday it's one of the biggest days of the year everybody in cincinnati turns out whether they're going to the game or not you know you go to the bar you go downtown you go to the parade it's just a really fun time so phil castellini who's the son of bob castellini who's the majority owner of the reds phil is president and ceo Oo of of the reds is being interviewed by a local news outlet before the game again first home game of the year everybody's kind of putting away the offseason having a good time and the question to phil first question he's wearing
1: this red jacket
0: (laughs) he's got his hair slicked back he's wearing this red blazer i mean he couldn't look like less cincinnati if he tried uh, well, well, he, he looks like he's, he's like owning a, a used car dealership
1: plus a loan, like a pawn shop on the West side yeah. over in, you know, over in,
0: uh, like, uh, like Cheviot. or exactly. Or that was Hyde. exactly where I was going for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so the reporter says, Phil, you know, what, what, what do you say to Reds fans who are frustrated by the off season and Castellini's response? And I, I'll quote here goes, well, where are you going to go? Let's start there. I mean, sell the team to who? I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, you want to have this debate? If you want to look at what you would have this team do to have it be more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists, it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. And so be careful what you ask for. I think we're doing the best we can with the resources that we have, end quote. And- Hey, TC, you want to talk about a shit storm that's been stirred up in Cincinnati. Wow. Cincinnati people by nature aren't looking for fights. They're not looking to get in people's asses. But but damn it, I'm proud of Cincinnatians for once they do feel aggrieved and wronged, they they wear it well. And this story is not gonna go away. This is this remains a story. It's since these comments on opening day, the Reds have lost eight straight games. They're two and ten. Uh, worst record in baseball. They haven't led for a full inning in <laughs> like 72 innings. Uh, it, it is just, it couldn't be more of a shitstorm right now. Uh, this Phil Castellini guy, first he doubled down on these comments later in the day after the initial shitstorm erupts. Hell yeah. Finally, that night, uh, there's uh, just a obviously was written by the PR people, a, an apology statement released uh, nothing out of Phil's mouth. And and we haven't heard from him since. So that's delicious. You, you got this guy who's the kid of the billionaire. Uh, you know, he's dressing like Rich, Richie Rich, just, just an absolute donkey. And he's talking about, you know, where are you going to go Reds fans? Or, you know, hey, you want us to move this team? And people are like, Dude, what the hell? We just want like a good baseball team. We want to know what you guys are doing. Like, why? Why because are that's you the selling off the all these pieces? Like, it what? Like, they've never actually. Maybe aside from those two
1: years where they had Cueto and and they lost to the Giants in that in that you know divisional series or wild card round. Like, they've never really. Like, they've always just been perpetually stuck in between. Exactly. Right? Like they're, they're not good enough to to have a legit shot, but they're not bad enough to ever bottom out. Not that it even, you know, helps unless you do it like full sale commitment, like the Astros or, you know, Marlins or somebody like that it, is done. Uh,
0: exactly right. They, they haven't lost over a hundred games in, in decades. It, it's been years and years. I think 1982 is the last time they've lost more than hundred games, but on the same token, they haven't won a playoff series since 1995. The Castellinis have owned the team for 16 years Obviously, have not won a playoff series. You know, they made a big to do when they bought the team. They they yeah. penned an open letter and in they inquire like, you know, this is a new era of Reds baseball. We're bringing the winning ways back to Cincinnati, which is great. And they honestly, they had 15 years of people like not really raising a stink. Yeah. And really, now,
1: I was, I'm a former employee.
0: Yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> like, like Reds fans will swallow a lot of shit. Like we're conditioned that that's the whole thing with the Bengals, right? Like Cincinnati fans are not used to having nice things and uh, like, we're okay with that. What you can't do is rub it in our face like Castellini did. And so now there's a backlash. I i honestly, I'm not sure what the path forward is here. Like obviously winning will cure everything, but they're not close to winning. Uh, What'd they
1: buy the team for? back in the day, probably a couple hundred million.
0: Yeah, it was more than that. Cause, uh, Lindner, Carl Lindner, the, the owner before them is who got the new stadium built. So I think that increased the, the value of the franchise. So it was maybe taxpayer like taxpayer funded stadium. Exactly. Way, right? It was, it was maybe in that 400 to $500 million range. I, and I bet they could sell it today for over a billion, you know, yeah. 1.2, 1.3, maybe. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean what this comes down to one is just horrendous public relations by Castellini. Nobody with the Reds has really been able to smartly and maturely articulate like what the plan is. Like Nick Kral is a baseball lifer who started as honestly, maybe started as an intern with the Reds and is now the GM. He seems like just a yes man, somebody that's like, hey Nick, we're cutting payroll. I don't care how you do it. He's Good like, luck. okay, boss. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Has package. he worked
1: outside the organization at all? No,
0: or just, no, oh, no, shit. never. He's like, yeah, I'll package Suarez with our all-star left fielder Winker uh, and dampen the return we get. Great. Yeah, look at me cut this payroll. So that was like
1: like the season that I worked for him. They had it was Wayne Krivsky was the GM, and same kind of shit, right? They they tried to commit to the farm system and then. Yeah you know, the process wasn't quick enough so then they brought in uh, Walt Jockety as a as a consultant and then That's right. and then they fire Krivsky like mid-season Jockety takes over makes a couple like mid-level trades but nothing that nothing to really reset it just to kind of just some window dressing or you know kind of some ancillary pieces Well and then,
0: and, and Jockety is kind of who oversaw that 2010 through 2013 yeah. stretch where they actually did have some really good teams lost in the first round of the giants in 2012 which which I think was the best team but yeah then then you go through a rebuild right after that uh, so you, so you're like going into 2020 coming out of this five-year rebuild and that's why I said people were thrilled they had signed some free agents uh, like it, it was a competitive team and then two years they they tear it all down and honestly like they could lose 110 games this year like it's a very bad team they 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 they're on a West Coast swing right now. They're gonna come home. They might come home two and eleven on a nine game losing streak. And I just can't wait to see what the attendance like. I I I'm the biggest Reds fan. One of the biggest Reds fans you'll meet. I wouldn't pay to watch this crap right now. And that sucks because it's not the players' fault, right? Like I, I love Votto, Jonathan India's like the players are the players, whatever. But I I really hope they bottom out. The attendance sucks because the organization needs their their noses rubbed in this shit it, it just is it's terrible and what what makes it all the more like if i'm an owner of the reds or if i work for the reds what makes it concerning is 200 yards over you have the bengals who are in this renaissance yeah. where if i'm a corporate entity in cincinnati if, if if i'm a fan why the hell would i buy reds tickets when i could spend my money going to watch the bengals and one of the most exciting young teams in the NFL. So or the
1: MLS team, like you, I mean, everybody's rabid about this this MLS team. And like UC football is
0: Xavier basketball. You see yeah. basketball. UC football. There are plenty of places people can go, and I think the Castellinis will soon will soon find that out. So uh,
1: they they bought the team in January two thousand six for two hundred seventy million.
0: Yeah. So, so they're they're probably sitting on like a one billion plus unrealized yeah. gain
1: here. What's the old man up to he 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 was a he was a fruit and vegetable wholesaler right
0: <laughs> yeah that's a right produce guy yeah, um you know he's getting up in age, and I've heard some things that i, I don't know if his i mean I don't want to just just like mentally rumors yeah, find, yeah yeah, so yeah. you don't see him interviewed much, so he yeah. he hasn't haven't heard from him but i I don't think that's necessarily because of like he's trying to hide i think he's he's really taking a back seat uh <laughs> To Phil Castellini. It's like, oh God, well, if this is what we have to look forward to, uh, how great will the next 10-15 years be? It's just it's I did, a God, I
1: just can't get over. Like, I i had heard about all this stuff, but I hadn't seen the picture of Phil Castellini because <laughs> when I worked for the team, I think he was like one of the the business development guys. Like he was basically selling He's a marketer or yeah, and marketing exactly. and stuff. And he was just like super kind of low profile and stuff. And I saw this picture of him you know, a couple of days ago with this, the red blazer on and the slick back hair and the, and the, the sunglasses, sunglasses. And all that. Oh, Holy shit. Like that, like that's straight out of central casting, you know, villain.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it so, is. Um, um, so, so, so then, we'll, we can check back in on the reds, but
1: there's a billboard it's not good. Too?
0: Yeah. There, well, so there was a billboard. I, I got to shout out Chad Dotson. uh, friend of friend of the pod he's he's got an outfit called the riverfront and they kind of crowdsourced this billboard that went up on i75 that just said sell the team bob and this was before castellini's comments like th- this was in response to what they were doing this off season and i think that billboard fed into why castellini was then asked on opening day like hey obviously we got this billboard in town like <laughs> for the first time in 15 years now, 16 years of owning the Reds, like people are finally getting frustrated to the point where, like, there's a little heat on ownership. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I hope the billboard goes back up. I, I hope they. Oh, they took know. it down. Well, I, it ran for like a limited amount of time. Okay. So I don't know if they have plans to do more billboards or what, but definitely would love to keep the heat on ownership because. You
1: know what, Randy? Let's do our part. We'll keep the heat on ownership, we'll make this a recurring okay Recurring uh subject matter and and if the billboard goes back up we're happy to donate to
0: it absolutely and i appreciate tc you give me space to to rant and rave this was very cathartic
1: randy i i don't mind following baseball from afar as long as i don't have to watch the games (laughs) and it's really fun now too because i don't know any of the players like you know there's like i don't think i've seen i like i don't think i've the last baseball game i went to was The one that we were in san francisco for but other than that even we lived in boston like people couldn't get me to go to fenway i just all from the summer that i worked for the reds and like i just did not want to you know you go to 81 home games for a for a bad baseball team through the summer and like you never want to go to another baseball game again
0: it's a slog it's a slog yeah randy here again one more time one more sponsor to thank Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach, an official fitness wearable of the PGA and LPGA tours. You can monitor your recovery, sleep, training, and health with personalized recommendations and coaching feedback with Whoop. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better, and now feel healthier with Whoop and their all new Whoop 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness wearable on the market. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter, and designed with new biometric tracking. The device also features a new smart alarm designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. Plus, it was designed with their new Anywhere technology so you can wear it with their Whoop Body Sensor Enhanced Technical Garments. The all-new Health Monitor Dashboard gives you a big-picture look at your overall health. Monitor key metrics like heart rate, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, skin temperature, and blood oxygen levels. Plus, see improvements in irregularities and vital signs over time. You can even export 30-day health trends to share with your coach, trainer, PT, PCP, or physician. The all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a WHOOP 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And right now, WHOOP is offering 15% off when you use the code NLU15 at checkout. So go to WHOOP.com, W-H-O-O-P.com, enter NLU15 at checkout to save 15%. Thank them for being a sponsor of the trap draw and now back to the episode. All right, should we hit on quickly airports?
1: Yeah, just just a quick quick thing. Um, Denver is up to the third busiest airport worldwide after being like 18th or 20th uh, back in 2019-2020 pre-pandemic. Feels like United it. has doubled down on their hub there. Randy, what do you have to say about these developments?
0: It feels like it, man. The Denver Airport is is anxiety inducing. It's just so many people. It's a massive humanity. It's hard to get, like, from ticketing to the uh, the terminals. They're they're doing a lot of work, which we've talked about in the past. They're they're rearranging where security is and where ticketing is. But yeah, it doesn't shock me. It it is a zoo every time I go there.
1: We we are calling on the Illuminati, the New World Order, to clean up their act, get their shit together. Yes, do what they yes. need to do, expand their underground. And conference. the
0: Amex lounge is overrun, oh, and that's partly terrible. Amex's fault. But the Amex lounge is completely overrun there,
1: oversubscribed. It was yeah. I had the same experience. In uh, uh, big, I flew I flew through Houston on the way to the UK. Flew to London for a couple of days, uh, but did I did get my upgrade. But unfortunately, um, so I went Jacks to Houston, so I could have actually a little bit longer flight, so I could sleep. Right before, like twenty four hours before the flight, I get an email. They switched the equipment oh, from like seven sixty seven, the 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 super premium, uh, where it's basically just like all premium economy and first class, or and business class, to a seven eight seven nine, of which they have thirteen left that still have the old. First class, where you don't get you know aisle access, and it's it's not the Polaris seat. Oh. So I had to fight through that on my way. Absolutely uh, hate
0: that for you.
1: I know, I know. And then, uh, and then, actually took the train from London to uh, Edinburgh. It was delightful. I I could not be more a fan of traveling by train. Yes. Uh, the uh, LNER, the London Northeast Railway. Uh, and then on the way home, I flew through Frankfurt. I flew with Thansa to Frankfurt. First of all, the lounge, the, the United Polaris Lounge in Houston was was exceptional. They have a dining room and a buffet, separate things. Uh, just a great view from there. They also, the Lufthansa Lounge in Frankfurt Airport was just incredible. Um, first class all the way. And then I uh, flew through Dulles on the way back. My luggage, uh, My luggage went missing mm. for a bit. Uh, I'm gonna give him a flyer. A smooth, smooth process of getting it delivered the next day, but um, you know, unfortunate there. So we'll keep you posted. Flying United with you out to Bandon uh, or out to Portland tomorrow.
0: Yeah, so. can I say my my luggage did not arrive on time coming home from Scotland on United, and I'm conflicted about the delivery because they did deliver it as soon as possible, but as soon as possible was 2:15 in the morning sick and i got woken up by like eight calls on my cell phone from this (laughs) dude standing i'm like what the hell is going on uh the website says they don't do any deliveries after 11 p.m i i I was in no way expecting my luggage to arrive in the middle of the night but like i said once i had my luggage and woke up the next morning i was glad my luggage was there but was a little disconcerting at 2 a.m getting woken up
1: you listen. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. Uh, beggars can't be choosers, but at the end of the day, it sh- <laughs> exactly. should be kind of during, during normal business exactly. hours.
0: I'm glad they didn't I, just I, like leave it on the front porch, honestly. Yeah.
1: Uh, I did catch some flack from the guys on the way there and the way back, you, you know, United's flying one of their old shipbox seven, five, sevens. It's not good. Uh, it's an embarrassment. Is what it is. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's not, a, it's not a high, it's not a high revenue route uh shit i mean americans not even flying to edinburgh this year uh it's not a high revenue route not a lot of business travelers that sort of thing so uh they've got a single aisle on it that's why that's why i flew you know through frankfurt on the way back so i could get on a, you know a proper a proper jet
0: i almost went delta i would have gone denver to atlanta to amsterdam to edinburgh and i just couldn't pull the trigger because it felt like way too many legs and too long of of a trip to, to just figure coming
1: back. It's like the whole day is spent traveling and you're going to be tired anyway. And it's, I'm fine with as many connections as need be on the way back on the way there. I want to fly directly to where like the, the worst thing in the world is getting off of a, you know, overnight red eye flight and then having to make a connection at 7am. That's right. That's right.
0: That's a good point on the way back.
1: So, um anyway we can do a whole nother thing on this delta book that i read richard your boy richard anderson's a beast they're 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 playing chess man delta's playing chess Um, uh
0: all right well let's say let's table that let's table that for now because i i do want to get into that at some point let's let's Uh, do a quick scotland recap uh but we got to start with your lucid dreams this this, uh, you have my attention here
1: randy i've been having this a, I've been having very, very vivid lucid dreams lately. But the one that I've had multiple times, I need somebody to help me decipher it. Uh, I, I will basically. I, I'm not sure if it's fish that I caught or fish that you know is uh, you know I've purchased at a market or something like that. But these these really nice pieces of I don't know if it's you know a yellowfin or a cobia or what, but it's these really nice fish like like pieces of like pinkish white. F- Fish, raw fish, right? Mm -hmm. I've got the whole fish, and I have to fillet the fish, and and I'm gonna do some sort of poke or ceviche or 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 something like that. And I keep having these dreams where I cannot get all the bones out of the fish, like not, (laughs) and we're not talking the little bones. We're talking like the big spine and and you know like, and this is a substantial fish too. But um, I I cannot get the bones out from underneath you know, the meat and Mm. it just, no matter how much I try. And then I said, and, and, and as I'm doing this, I keep getting interrupted Yeah. over and over and over again. I keep getting interrupted. So I can't focus on the task at hand. And then I, and then I get worried about, oh my God, I've been flaying this fish for two hours. It's getting warm. Do I have to throw the fish away? Uh, That sort of thing. So, you know, I'm sure there's all sorts of time management and, and subconscious, you know, being feeling stretched thin stuff on this, but I just want to know why it's why it has to do with fish, uh, why it has to do with this, you know, kind of these really, really nice pieces of meat. And then, and then I wake up and I want sushi. Uh, it's bizarre.
0: God, so, anybody listening, please, please hit us in like the Twitter comments or, or elsewhere. Uh, if, if you do like dream interpretation. So so every,
1: every morning we would go up to the fourth floor at the old course hotel and they'd have, you know, a big breakfast spread up there and they'd have a big smoked salmon. Uh, yeah. Love that breakfast on, spread, by the way. Oh, fantastic breakfast spread, full Scottish breakfast, but there's a big smoked salmon thing. So I'll be having this dream and then I'd kind of forget about it. And then every morning I would see this big smoked salmon platter and I would <laughs> remember the dream <laughs> and it would just, you know, it would be so fresh in my mind and it would just be vivid once again. And I'm right back in the dream when I'm sitting there having my coffee oh, at the beginning of the day. God. Really, that's, really
0: disconcerting. That's funny. That is that's good stuff. Uh, you know what? You know what? The the I'll say the Brits, but I think the Europeans and maybe other cultures too. I don't know. I, I'm so impressed with with the pride they take in their breakfast pastries. Was absolutely one of the highlights of the trip for me. Like good solid croissants. I I, I feel like the pastry game over across overseas is is. Bread, too. I mean, just, just normal just bread. bread as but, well. But, yeah. yeah, and not that we don't have good stuff here, but it's just not a common staple of, you know, like a, a continental buffet-style breakfast. It, it's something you got to seek out at a specialty bakery or something. Um,
1: yeah, it seems a lot more localized, a lot more, you know, everybody makes their own stuff. Everybody, It just seems like a, a higher level of, of craftsmanship when it comes to baked goods yeah. over in the U.K. And, and in Europe, for that matter. You'll love it in Sweden. Like when you go to Sweden, eventually you'll be blown away by the by the bakery scene.
0: Can't wait, can't wait. Uh, any uh, golf wise, anything in Scotland? Any opinions change on courses? Uh, were you taken by anything? Were, were any of these courses new for you? Yeah, let's go through. It. I mean,
1: I guess just go through it, right? I played. We played Crail. All right. I guess on the front end of the trip, we went over. You guys played North Berwick. Yeah, Uh, it was
0: off the flight though. Honestly, it was like probably the worst way to play North Barrack. But yes, we technically did play North, and it was like a sustained thirty mile per hour wind. It was it was a nightmare for me.
1: Uh, so you played North Barrack, and then you guys played
0: Ely and the old course, like pre the official trip beginning. Yeah, so I got there blended
1: Friday night, and yeah, you guys certainly. I think we certainly underestimated the time change between. You know, doing live shows after Augusta, <laughs> yeah. trying to wind down and go to bed at like three o'clock after after yeah. coming off a live show and then waking up and playing golf the next day. Um, but yeah, old course with you know going to the RNA for for lunch and a boozy lunch and all that was yeah, fantastic. It was always cracked up to be. And even even um, getting
0: reprimanded for by the the waiter for our group was sitting at a members only table having having a drink pre-lunch. That was God, that was so on point. Love that. Like that
1: was that was part of the experience. You yes,
0: know? exactly.
1: Yeah, no, played. I mean, we had a brilliant day out at the old course. And then um uh yeah, I mean, to me, it gets better and better every time. Um, played Crail the first day in earnest of the of the big trip. Crail even better than I remembered it. I was uh, going to say that, so didn't, I didn't You catch, didn't play
0: it last time. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't catch Crail. I, I really really enjoyed it. You know, it's got that fun funkiness that that I really enjoy about Links courses over there. Um the only the only negative I think in in my opinion was just those those finishing holes, not that they're bad holes, they just feel so they're like a, off part property from the rest of the course. Yeah. Yeah. Um it, it almost felt like a f- 14 or 15 whole course and then you, oh yeah we'll you no know, go play the other three over here um, i
1: think 15 is really really cool that little it's like a 250 yard par four but the and there's like this little hill that you kind of play over and really really good short par four because there's ob yeah long left um it's it's a dicey little shot and 17 uh,
0: stout par four like yeah and, long... then eight, and then
1: and then 18 is like one of the probably the stoutest par three finisher i've ever seen yeah
0: um, that, that green was crazy uh yeah. so much slope in that green yeah
1: so yeah i mean crail was even better than you know probably played my best round of the trip at crail and then it kind of deteriorated from there uh the you, you next bring day, five
0: putters which which was concerning yeah. <laughs> i
1: did yeah brought brought lefty and righty <laughs> options probably gonna <laughs> do the same for abandon I, I mean there were half the rounds i played with two putters I was playing lefty putter from inside of 15 feet and righty putter from outside of 15 feet.
0: That's what, um,
1: and then, yeah, we had what new and.
0: Yep. New. And then just, just the new. Yeah. Just the new New on day two.
1: news. Great. We had tough candidates at the new.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I felt like I was half my attention was just trying to get through the candidates, the wind. So I, I don't know if I, appreciated the courses as much as I should have or otherwise would have would love to spin around there again in a future visit but certainly didn't disappoint I'd heard really good things about the new course I I just feel like I I I can't really picture many of the holes like it's the one course where I'm like I, I it just kind of washed over me and I think that was just from battling the wind and just trying to kind of trying to stay locked in but not really paying attention to like the actual course and
1: then jubilee we played jubilee and eden the eden's so fun man the eden is awesome it's got the worst like the 14th hole is the worst yes the worst hole in all of scotland yes maybe one of the worst holes i've ever played like i call upon the links trust to fix that like 14 and 15 suck but like especially 14 but otherwise like it's delightful i went out with desert duffer after I, i i challenged him i said hey uh you know it was a nice night. It was our 18-hole uh, day after the old course, and I said, "Hey, I'll I'll go out and I'll play you with your clubs. I'll play left-handed. He's a lefty,
0: and- a notorious shit talker, big gambler, yeah. yeah." And
1: and and I went out after not playing lefty for you know six to eight months, uh, probably probably longer than that. Went out and beat him with his own clubs, straight up.
0: <laughs> he, if he had any pride, I think he'd consider retiring from the game altogether. Yeah. Yeah, beat him
1: two up, and then you know, and then pressed, and then I lost the press like on a on an extra hole. So that's, he's he's that's hanging his hat on that. Out. Yeah, that's semantics.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, there's some great holes like down you know out along the uh, the estuary there. Um, I, I had a then, question like, about like, what, like those crossing par threes. Are just yeah, five and eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: I I had a question about the greens. So I, I thought the greens on the Eden were the slowest of the greens we played. Not that they were like bad slow they, they were just slower and yeah do you think the the, the greens had really it's like a Harry s colt design i think yeah the greens have some crazy undulations and slopes i'm curious if they ever kind of quicken them up or because of all the slope if if they intentionally keep them slow like that because i it, they can yeah, get that pretty place question. pretty diabolical if, if they turn those greens up
1: yeah there's like there's short par fours there's you know it's a shorter course it's like Sub 6,000 yards, but it's, it's not necessarily easy. Like you got yeah. to manage your ball around. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, they're definitely one of my favorite sets of greens again, outside of like they had to build the driving range. So they, so they added 14 and 15 back there and then rearranged a couple holes. But, um, cause I was told that the Strath Tyrum course, those are like some of the, they get those greens rolling super, super quick. Hmm. And then you can basically just get around there in like two, two and a half hours and work on your short game and, and just kind of have like a playing practice round. Gotcha. Um, and then the Jubilees, like I really like the Jubilee. Um, I did too. I think the Jubilee and the new, like the, the composite between those two is awesome. Um, like the eighth hole out on the Jubilee is unreal, kind of weaves through the dunes. Was that fifteen or sixteen? The the fifteen one
0: is like the shorter oh. par four with the huge <laughs> so drop cool. off uh, on yeah. the on the front of the green. I, I was going to say the, the same par thing. three. Yeah, Jubilee's yeah. awesome. There were and there were some just like really proper par fours yeah. too on on the Jubilee.
1: Number two for like number two is awesome. Great little tree next to that mm-hmm. hole. Um, I don't know, just a fun fun course. Like mm-hmm. I, I think there's there's so much more substance to St Andrews beyond the old. I'm a big proponent of some of those other courses there.
0: So that was the biggest takeaway for me was I was like, man, none of these, uh, can any of these courses really live up to what the old is and that experience? And yeah, you're absolutely right. They are, they're really fun and they're, they're different and kind of unique in their own ways. And I, would happily, happily, happily play them all on a return to St Andrews. Like, would not feel like I'm wasting around over there by any means.
1: Yeah, the old was great as always. I played with Neil, and uh, he uh, he was four under through seven.
0: <laughs> Word was spreading too. I was in I was in a group <laughs> behind you guys. I think it was Solly at one of like the crossing points. I have, it was like, oh my god, did you hear Neil's se- Neil's four under through seven, like. And the wind was playing to where like once you kind of turn in, the wind was going to be behind you. And so yeah. you're thinking, God, if he's 400 through seven, like watch out, he could shoot 32 on the back. Narrator. Then, he, uh, he did not.
1: <laughs> yeah, he started playing conservative on nine, which it wasn't the, you know, wasn't the worst decision. I just don't think it was, you know, he just started kind of it was like a, a sea change in his in his philosophy. Uh, took his foot off the gas a little bit. A couple of bad swings on 10T, and then kind of leaked oil coming in. I think he went 32, 43 or 44. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a true Icarito. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what? He but I was I was six down through seven, battled him back, played super super, uh, played really well, and then really kind of cu- kind of gave away a couple holes. I'm one down going into 17, or sorry, I'm two down going into 17. I beat him on 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 the road hole. I was short left of the bunker. And somehow got up and down, like my caddy was, he was like, yo, you need to play into like 18 fairway and like work your way over. And I was like, Dude, it was like, that
0: back left pin. Yeah.
1: And you know, and I'm like 20 yards short left of the bunker and I'd go right over the bunker. And somehow it was like one of the best shots I've ever hit before. And I felt like, you know, I felt like i conquered my own demons and then I had to step up one 18 T and hit that T shot after I'd hit a car. That's uh, that's right. That's I right. Blew out a windshield, which, yeah. So Fraser, the, uh, The uh, caddy manager comes up to me on the, we're teeing off on the new course on, I guess that was Monday. Teeing off on the new course, he comes up and he's like, oh, uh, TC, after you get done with your round, uh, you know, just uh, pop into the, into the pro shop here. We're going to have to have you fill out some paperwork and uh, you know, the uh, the uh, car owner uh, (laughs) is, is, is not happy. He's come back. And, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. Like, like I was told, you know, I was like, I, 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 like I asked if I needed to pay for it and all that. And they're like, Nope, everything is, is park park at own risk. Owner assumes all liability. Like those signs are posted everywhere. Caddy told me, you know, same thing. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. Like I, I must've misunderstood that. I feel like a, a scumbag and all that. And, you know, kind of, kind of lets it keep going. And he's like, Oh, like I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> Taking
0: <laughs> like, the piss out of you, mate. Yeah.
1: Big time. Big time.
0: That's but, really good. Uh,
1: but yeah. So Neil and I step up on 18 and that was probably, probably one of the highlights of, of my life was like both of us making birdie. Like I made the 20 foot putt. He made a 15 footer right on top of me. Yeah. Beat me one up and it was, it was cool. And then ham's Ham was great for, for uh, lunch after that. And then, yeah, we played Panmere and Carnoustie. Um, Panmere was delightful. Uh, what a, what totally. a cool little track, especially like three three or four through 13 or 14. Mm. Uh, you know, kind so of good. getting out and getting back. Those holes were kind of left a little bit to be desired. But I think that the meat of the course was some great, like great, great, great greens. Uh, just some wild shit out there.
0: Yeah. Just so then, a little uh, under the radar course that, you know, we... we we're talking to a member out on the course and he's like, Oh, you boys from America. Like, yeah. He's like, what are you doing here? We're like, well, we're on a golf trip. He's like, why are you at Panmere? Like, why not, man? This is great. He's like, Oh, well, you know, welcome. Glad you're here. It it was a perfect compliment to Carnoustie, even though we got, we caught Carnoustie in the most benign conditions possible. It just, you know, I, I know some people still got beat up that day or that round and, uh, Panmure was, it, Pan, not that Panmure was easy, but it, it was just a nice walk and kind of everything that Carnoustie wasn't, right? Small, very quaint old clubhouse. And then you get to Carnoustie and it's like, just feels like a big boy track, you know, obviously the open history, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I, I love Carnoustie. Now, granted, again, played it easiest conditions possible, but I, I think that lets me know at, at its most fundamental level, like just the course that is there. I, I really, really enjoyed. Uh, there's and I so can, much
1: more personality and quirk than, than it lets on, right? Yeah, like the par threes exactly. are really good. The greens are great. The finishing stretch is obviously fantastic, but, um, like, I, I think my favorite course, or my, my favorite hole at Carnus is that, was it two or three that, that short par four dog leg to the right, the burn running right in front of the green yeah um just an awesome you know it's only you know mid 300 yards it's, it's just such a, such a proper hole and there's a million different ways to play it depending upon how the wind's blowing
0: it like the spectacle bunkers on 14 did not disappoint those things are yeah. freaking awesome uh
1: great like fantastic green on that one too that green yeah is awesome yeah, yeah great caddies that day too one I of the guys my caddy paul my caddy was unbelievable uh and just like good guys in the pro shop, good guys. We talked to Jack for a while in the clubhouse. He was fantastic. Um, just, and, and like, really like one of the caddies in our group, he's like seven or eight time club champ there.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. He's, you know, he's like mid seventies, like, and basically like, doesn't really play golf much anymore. Just like goes up and, and bikes. So he's, he's done like 200 to 350, like three or 4k climbs in the world. That's, and just just a so beast good. on a bike. So, yeah. but yeah, just I don't know, man. Like going to Scotland just just fills up the tank for me.
0: Well, then, we, um, then know, and, we, and then we Ely. ended at Ely, yeah. which is like I think the the honestly TC might be the creme de la creme for me. I, I I really don't know if I like a course, a setting, a walk more than I do Ely. I I know that's blasphemous with the old course and everything, but I I think if you gave me Ely for one more round in my life i I would be very happy
1: randy you're preaching to the choir man that's uh i'm in total agreement i think ely like somebody was asking me if i had one course to play for the rest of my life or one round left like i think i'm going to ely just a perfect mix of like there's so much variety in the run-up shots and some of those par fours down to the water and then i think 13 is one of the best holes in the world um i still haven't like i've played there four or five times. Now I still haven't made a par on that (laughs) hole. Um, you know, you've got the cliffs out in the background and, and great club. Uh, just, I don't know. I, I love, love, love that place. And it's, and it's the kind of course where it's like, you have to go off your ball, but it's, it's pretty wide open off the tee, but there's, there's kind of lines of charm and it's not going to beat you up if you're not playing well, but it's super engaging and and interesting to play if you are playing well still. So, uh, you know,
0: yeah, no, I was going to say, and having played it twice on this trip and once on the last trip, so three times now, starting to click about that, that front nine is is gettable, and it's going to put you in a good mood, and that's really where you do your scoring. And that back nine, I, I think the first couple of times, you just kind of expect that mood just to carry w- with you, and it's but it's like this dawning realization of like, no, this is getting like gradually, gradually more difficult uh that 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 back nine is is sneaky difficult in my opinion it kind of starts there at well even at 11 i know you and i were both saying like you just cannot bring yourself to hit it as far right as you need to uh, a yeah, little tiny part three to, to use the, the slope you got the c yeah.
1: on the left and then like you know it's blind there's this little tiny mound that kind of obscures everything and yeah, like you got to aim like twenty yards right of the pin and and, and on like then, a little wedge shot. It's like I, I no, I'm not going to aim twenty yards right of the pin. And then every time <laughs> right. I get up there, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> yeah,
0: like, <laughs> right, right. But but then like twelve through eighteen, they're all par fours, and it's pretty demanding. It, it, you you just have to hit a lot of good shots, and there's enough subtle slope and breaks in those greens that it, it's just it's a real test but not again not one that's like man i'm losing balls and i'm god i'm in the gorse and it's just like it's the perfect test for me so i i'm with you man that that place that place is it in my book yeah and i mean shit
1: like 15 that part four that like that last that last look or that last reveal you get over that hill and Mm -hmm. if you hug the left side you're probably down you know, close to the green. And if you go up the right side, you know, you still got a good angle in, but that green's crazy and you're trying to make parts that a birdie it's just, Oh God, it's like playing chess, but like a really, really leisurely game of chess.
0: Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. That's exactly right.
1: And the club is just the right amount of stuffiness yes and you've got the little you know the little bar there on the fourth tee uh god i I love that place so much
0: it's it's... (laughs) exactly right you said there's there's the the perfect amount of stodginess around the club which is everything i want in a scottish uh in in a scottish golf club
1: and then i get like i don't know every time i go like i've brought i've played with people who haven't played it the last three times i've been and like Every time I think that I'm going to, I'm building it up too much or I'm going to, I'm going to be left disappointed because I've played it on great weather days. I put it on a super windy day, put it on two super clear days. I played it in the rain and this time it was just kind of almost a little bit foggy, but in a good way, like kind of this creepy, mysterious fog. Mm-hmm. And, um, and every time I'm left thinking like, not only did I not, it like over delivered, but also like, like I'm, that much more excited to go back to next time, and yeah. like it, like my expectations can't possibly be high enough. I love <laughs> yeah. it so much.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. God, just thinking about it, it's like, get, I, gets I got me, a big smile on my face. Gets me excited. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Me too. Well, it was a great way to end the trip. Shout out Simon and Jim and the folks at Connoisseur Golf who helped us organize and just nailed all the logistics. It, it was a real treat to to spend. That amount of time in, in St Andrews in Scotland. And I came back from that. And it's really like, man, my my cup is full. It made me really love golf again. And that's a that's a special feeling. And now we get What's to go up? And now. We get to go yeah. out to Bandon, which <laughs> talk about a great uh, a great follow up.
1: Any uh any takeaways from spending the week or spending more than a week in St. Andrews, just around town?
0: Yeah. So I, I feel like i Got pretty good coverage of at least the old historical part of town. I even ventured out into like the more residential area, uh, walked by the Botanic Gardens, which was a thrill to see. I think my big takeaway is that the university keeps getting cooler and cooler. I, I, I had wanted to kind of drop in on some like lectures and they, were, they had some things going in the chapel and our schedule just didn't allow it. But I poked my head in wherever I could. That's the big thing for me is like, it's just such a university town. When I went the first time we were in the summer with none of the students around. And so getting back in April with, with all the students, it just had a different atmosphere and electricity. In my opinion, you know, you'd see them in the pubs, you'd see them walking around. It, it, it felt like a true college town, which was really neat for me.
1: I, uh, I found that, I think I figured out like Scott, like Scotland doesn't have bad food. Right. It's just like, I feel like they get kind of an unfair rap for, for, for the food. I think there's a lot of, one of the things is there's a lot of salt. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, you're eating a big breakfast, you're eating a substantial breakfast, you're eating uh, like a lot of butter, a lot of salt. So everything like, you know, the, the roasted meats or uh, the potatoes that you're eating, like a lot of salt, a lot of starches. So the I feel soups. like I'm always kind of yeah. dehydrated when I'm over there. Cause I'm, and, and then you know, B, it's just, it's just heavy. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of creams as well. And, um, uh, like, God, what was that dish we had at the RNA?
0: The mince, the mince meat Oh,
1: that was, that was the best meal. That was the best meal I had on the whole trip.
0: So they told us that was the traditional order for your first lunch or dinner as, as an official RNA member. It's like, you have to get the mince meat with, with mashed potatoes and peas. Yeah, it was it was delightful.
1: It was great. And then that pear dessert, they had they had a spotted dick dessert. Yep. That pear dessert. Yeah. Uh, and actually, and then uh, for for one of the rounds, just had to kind of break away from the group. Went to a relatively new restaurant. I think they used to be in a hotel in town. They've since moved right next to the Dunvegan. Vegan. It's called Har H A A R. So when you're there for the open, if anybody's there for the open, make a reservation at this place. It's like all kind of local mostly seafood based tasting menu, really, really good flight, you know, paired wines and all that Uh, was spectacular meal there. Yeah. Um, This grilled lobster was kind of their, their specialty, but uh, yeah, Yeah. I think, I think Scotland, like you got to seek out some of the good food as well. Like, you Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to just get it. Like it's a lot of pub food, which is Mm -hmm. to be expected. There's a lot of pubs, but if you seek out some of the good stuff, you know, you're going to, you're going to find it. So yeah. Amen.
0: uh, Let me just shout out the done vegan too. Uh, for how ubiquitous and everybody knows of it they they i find their service to be exceptional they like the hardest working wait staff you're not waiting on a drink i just they they do a really good job i guess what i'm trying to say is like they're not resting on their laurels as being like hey we're the mo- one of the most famous like golf pubs in the world it's like they they deserve that I, I think with, with how well and smooth that operation runs. So kudos to hey,
1: Yeah. No. And the new, the new renovated, uh, Rusaks hotel was I popped in there for a drink. Fantastic bar downstairs. Had a great experience. At, like I went three or four times to the Jigger Inn. Yeah. Great experience there. We watched the masters there. Um, yeah, just, you know, there's good stuff. There's a place called Balgove Larder that's over off of, I like think the Balgo course or like kind of over say south of like the Eden course kind of on that main drag out of okay. town as you're going into Carnoustie. There's, it's like a little market, and, I don't know, cafe and stuff. I need to get over there next time I go yeah. back,
0: but, um, but
1: yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just got me all jacked up to go back to Scotland and I just know. go explore me again.
0: Me too. Me too. Well, let's uh so, let's do it sooner than later. Um, and I'd encourage anybody that has not been, you just do it. It you know, we're we're hyping it, but it's 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 just impossible to overhype. It it's well worth the, the time, energy, and and investment. So and the people are
1: wonderful. I like, can't are. can't say that enough. Like between the caddies, the people you meet in pubs, the just random people on the street. Like I feel like in Scotland, and I don't mean this as a slight to the Irish, because like sometimes the Irish, I feel like they're bullshitting me or they're trying to sell me something or they're like, they're just so friendly.
0: Right. And And they're they're just so so positive upfront, and unprompted. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just unguarded. Whereas I feel like the Scots are just very direct and and sometimes dour, sometimes negative or sometimes, but like they're going to tell you what they think regardless. And that's something that, you know, like they don't, they don't look at everything through rose tinted glasses, which I appreciate the hell out of. And I know I'm going to get an honest answer out of them.
0: Yeah. And they have a dry sense of humor. they, they yeah. are s- sarcastic. I, I love it. You're exactly right about that. Uh, well TC, this was this was excellent catching up with you. We're, we're both off to Portland tomorrow so I will see you tomorrow. But yeah man, uh, good good stuff today. appreciate it. Love it. Let's
1: let's bring on the NFL draft. Let's get that going. I need there, it.
0: There we go. there we go. <laughs> I had to get it right. right. Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Hey, hey. now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite <laughs> trapper. The absolute truth, yeah, no joke.